just ask that you would come and give uh, just life to the words that I'm going to say today, God. We really invite your Holy Spirit to, um, to speak to us. God, open up the Word of God to bring life to our hearts and our souls and our bodies, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are, uh, we, you may or may not know, but we have started a series on uh, things that grieve the Holy Spirit. And um, off the bat, that sounds pretty negative, <laughs> uh, but we're going we're gonna to make it positive. But, um, and also, we, we thought this was a great idea until we started looking for verses about things that grieve the Holy Spirit, and we only really found one. So it was a really short series. It's over. You missed it. It was last week. Um, but uh, so we've broadened it out to, there's, there's a number of references to things that um, either like mildly upset the Holy Spirit or sort of annoy the Holy Spirit. It's not quite grieving him. Uh, just kidding. That was a joke. Lynn got it. It's the only one who laughed. Thanks, Lynn. Um, but uh, so there, there's some different ones. There's grieving, there's uh, quenching, there's resisting, there's blocking. So um, I'm going to start, uh, today we're going to read from a passage in Acts where um, Stephen is martyred and he talks about the people resisting the Holy Spirit. And we're going we're gonna to just teach from this uh, scripture and then we're going to go through some more stuff. So, um, but first I, I have a question for you. Have you ever had a hard time doing something that's good for you? No, right? Okay, good. Well, we can move on. Um, I, I find that uh, for, my, for my life, uh, I know that I need to exercise on a regular basis to feel good about myself, to stay healthy. And um, the exercise that's easiest for me to do is to go running. But I, I have never really loved running. I've always loved sports. And running when I was, you know, my whole life was, uh, I guess it wasn't my whole life anymore. In the beginning of my life. Most of my life is not being a teenager now, but um, as a small percentage of my life, running was a means to an end. I ran to get in shape to be able to play sports. I love playing sports, but now I run just to stay fit. And um, recently, the past few months, uh, running's become very difficult. Um, I don't really totally understand what's going on because I haven't seen a doctor yet, but I've, I think I have like an IT band or a TI band or a T band. There's a band with some letters, IT, thank you. You can meet with me afterwards. <laughs> um, so it causes me a lot of pain. And, um, you know, normally when I, when I need to run, I need a lot of encouragement. Like, no, no lie. Like, Mandy's like, if you want to run today, like, not that she thinks I'm, you know, really in need of it, but she's very encouraging. I don't tend to like, okay, I'm going to run. I, I feel like I, I've been gone working all day. I should spend time with the kids. I'm tired. I want to drink my coffee. I can come up with a lot of excuses why I shouldn't go run, especially when it's hot. And Mandy's very encouraging. You know, we've got some time. Why don't you go run? And I resist it. There's a resistance in me. And, and I take a really long time to get ready, <laughs> and just hoping something will come up. You know, then you run and you feel good about it, right? Afterwards, you feel good. It's over. But now that I have been unable to run, I actually miss it. And I tried to go for a run yesterday um, for the first time in, in weeks. And, um, and it was great. It was great to get out and feel that. And I was just thinking, man, why do I resist this? This is good for me. It feels good to me. But I think it's a human condition. I think we resist a lot of things that are good for us. I mean, I'll just keep talking about myself. You see if you're in any of these. I, I resist eating healthy. You know, if you give me a choice between a peach, I love peaches. I really do. But if you give me a choice between a peach and chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, right? I mean, just in and of myself, I'll choose the ice cream. I love ice cream. I, it, you know, it, it takes discipline to not eat ice cream multiple times a day. 
It's just a true statement, you know. I, during the summer especially, I would go to you Dairy every day if I could, you know, if I had the money and um, didn't care about my health, right? I would do that. I love ice cream. Um, you know, I, I resist eating healthy. I resist exercising. Uh, you know, do you ever resist authority in your life? Some of us are good. Like, I actually am a rule abider, so I, I like rules and I like to follow them. But I don't, I don't always do well with authority. How about, do you resist other people pointing out flaws in you? Think about that. It's good for you, isn't it? Isn't it good? Iron sharpens iron. I resist it, though, right? And um, so Stephen is here, and he's preaching. He's preaching to the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin, and he is railing on them. And he's giving them this, this history lesson, which probably was offensive because they're the scholars. And, but he's saying, hey, look, I know you think you know the Bible, but let me tell you the Bible from beginning to end. And he doesn't even get all the way through. He gets, he gets you know, to Moses, and then he switches, verse 51, he says, you stiff-necked people. What's, he do, what's going on there? You know, I think what's going on there, if you, if you read commentaries and stuff, it, they were starting to loudly argue with him. They were starting to interrupt them. You know, it was like he was teaching at youth group, if you've ever taught at youth group, all right? Five or six times every teaching, I say, you stiff-necked people, you know? Maybe not quite that, but uh, I've often joked with youth group that I should teach with a water gun because, you know, I don't have anything up here to show you, but uh, middle school boys, they, you know, they'll find like cups and bags and they'll crinkle them and they'll, you know, they'll like, I, I was talking to one kid who's telling me in his youth group he has a kid who gets underneath the chair every time during teaching, like hangs underneath the chair and puts his head. It's just normal behavior for middle school boys. And you have to, oh, click the pens. I hate that. I, I, I like strap down the kids. Like they're all wearing those, uh, what are those? Uh, yeah, straight jackets. Then they'd probably still find a way to make noise. Um, no, I'm kidding. So these guys are interrupting. They're talking. He says, you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Think this was making them feel better about him? This is pretty in your face. Don't you think? And he's also calling their ancestors the same thing. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? Whoa. You wonder why they killed him. They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not, wait, you who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. So he comes at them hard and he says, look, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And I think that we could, we could read this and it could be like, this is just a thing that happened and I don't even know how to apply it to my life. When he calls them stiff-necked people, he's referring to, um, they would have ox that they would yoke, you know, and yokes were these wood things that they would put multiple oxen together and they would be carved out to fit on the neck of the ox and it would keep them going in the straight line, right? Plowing. But they would have some ox that would have stiff necks, literally, and the, would not be fit for putting the yoke on them. They would not submit to the shape of the yoke and they would be unworkable. That's a stiff-necked person, too stubborn to submit to the yoke of the word of God. It's used repeatedly in the Old Testament. All right, they had uncircumcised hearts. The Israelites were proud of themselves for being a circumcised people in the flesh, but he is saying, you missed the whole point. 
It was about your heart being circumcised, your heart and your ears being humbled to the voice of God. You resist the Holy Spirit. Not only did you not obey the law, but you resisted every prophet, every messenger of the Holy Spirit. To resist is a powerful word only used here in the Bible, and it means to rush against. It's deliberate. It's, I will not listen to you. I resist you. I will not listen to you. So from the text, I think a way to grieve and resist the Spirit is to stubbornly resist or disobey the Word of God. One way to resist the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit is to stubbornly resist or disobey the Word of God. That couldn't be us. Isn't that your initial thought? I would never stubbornly resist and disobey the Word of God. This is more of a history lesson than a teaching. All right? I generally think I'm a person who obeys the Word of God. If you've been a Christian for you know, any period of time, you take it seriously, you love the Word of God, and you read it, you know it, you abide by it, right? Thank you. Jonathan, you're excused. Okay, so I was thinking about how to, how to, how to talk about this, because I think it does apply. Um, and God dropped this idea into my, into my mind. So I'm going to read you some excerpts from my journal. I keep a journal, I read the Bible, and I pray, and I, and I keep a journal of things that God's showing me. And I didn't really have to look hard. I mean, these are almost just the most recent ones, okay? So on July 7th, I read Luke 12, and it says, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Okay, so let's just say the, this is the Word of God, right? right? It's the Word of God. Here's what I wrote. God, show me where my life has greed. It's scary to pray this, (laughs) but I pray for conviction. Help me to see where stuff has power over me. See, the word of God is not easy. You just have to take a couple samplings. I thought about just saying, let's let's uh, let me think of the hardest passages in the word of God for us to abide by, like love your enemies. That's a classic hard one that's probably tough for all of us. But you don't even have to do that. You just have to read the Bible. And you're going to find out how stiff-necked you are. Luke 10. This is from July 1st. Thank you. The Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness, you foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside? But now, as for what is inside, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Hmm. Really? So I wrote this to myself and to God. Interesting solution to the dilemma of being authentic. He's accused the Pharisees of looking holy on the outside but not actually living a holy lifestyle. This is a difficult place for many of us Christians. Are we really living what we profess to believe? And Jesus has a very interesting way of dealing with it. Be generous to the poor. Have you ever read it that way? He's talking about being authentic, being clean on the outside and on the inside. He's look here, but if you want to be clean in every way, be generous to the poor. Am I generous to the poor? I mean, I think I'm generous to the poor, but am I really? What does generosity mean? How generous should I be? It gets worse. June 21st, I read this. Maybe I should stop reading the Bible. (laughs) Woe to you who are rich. Uh Uh-oh. We live in America. You have already received your comfort. All right, I'm just, I just want you to listen to this face value, word of God. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. What? 
I had like a 20-minute conversation with Mandy after. I, I like, I stopped my quiet time. I was like, <clears throat> like walked. Mandy was working on the bathroom. I was like, what? what does this mean? What does this mean? I mean, if I'm going to try to obey the word of God, why is Jesus saying, I'm well-fed? I mean, I, if I have a problem, it's that I'm too well-fed, right? I mean, Americans go on diets to not be so well-fed. Not for spiritual reasons, usually, Right? God, I'm not sure what to do with this. This is what I wrote. I say with my heart that I want to follow you 100%, but I think there's limits. I'm rich. I'm well-fed. Are you saying that's dangerous, or are you saying it's evil? But how could every Christian be poor? God, what am I supposed to do with this? May 31st. Do you want to keep going? It's just like insights into Christian's deranged mind, okay? Okay, I'll skip May, I'll skip May 31st. It, it, we'll go to the last one, May 25th. All right, Luke 6. Judge not, and you will not be judged. All right, fine. What? Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. I could highlight this whole verse. Judge not, and you will not be judged. So wait. Even if other people are judging me, am I allowed to judge? What about if other people are condemning me or talking about me or forming bad opinions about me? Can I do it back? But I want to. It's natural. It's how I operate. It's how I think. Don't you get defensive when someone confronts you? Don't you counter judge? Don't you think, oh yeah, well you, you know? I mean, we haven't matured since like kindergarten, right? We've just gotten bigger. That's right. See, we read this account of Stephen Talking to the Pharisees, and we're like, I, I'm the Stephen in there. But maybe not. Maybe, maybe sometimes we're the Pharisees. I mean, I think we're all vulnerable to being too stubborn to submit to God's will and word. I think we're all vulnerable to being too busy to hear his voice. Too consumed to take time to really ingest his word. Too in love with the world and our comfort to obey his word. I think it is actually a, a challenging verse, okay, where Stephen says, let's just read it again, now that we've listened a little bit to my journal. <laughs> you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. God, let us not be like that. So here's some ways, I think. Because I, I, I really do think that in and of myself, I resist things that are good for me. And I think that I resist the word of God. I think I resist reading it sometimes. I think I resist listening to it. I mean, are there times when you read something and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. Let's put on some worship music. I mean, the word of God is powerful and it, br- it does bring conviction. It is a standard. And it's not, I'm not talking about condemnation or we're all horrible But I am saying that there is a resistance that can build up in our hearts. So how can we fight that? How can we say, I want to become more like Jesus. I want to let the word of God have an effect on my life. So first I would say, we can um, put our hearts in a posture to hear. Humble, open to hearing God's word. You know, I think things that can get in the way is pride. I think that discouragement can get in the way. Where we just feel like, I don't, you know, I've, I've tried to live this. I've tried to act out on this and it just hasn't gone my way. Um, I think that we can become hardened in our heart towards those things. So can we have a posture to hear? 
On top of that, can we have a posture to hear other people? A big emphasis of Stephen was, you killed all the prophets. You killed everyone the Holy Spirit sent to you. That's part of resisting the Holy Spirit. So I just want to challenge you and myself. Next time you get confronted, don't kill the prophet. Because we do, right? Here's my cycle when someone confronts me. First is anger. How dare you say that? Second is hurt. They are so mean. Third, defensive blindness. That's not me at all. Maybe it's them. Fourth is begrudging acceptance. Maybe it's a little bit me. Have you ever done that? Yesterday, I was like eating my cereal. I was just barely awake, and Mandy was like, are you in a bad mood today? Like, I am now. You gave me like 10 minutes to get awake. You know, you know how I woke up? The dog was throwing up in my bedroom. That's how I woke up. Am I in a little bit of a bad mood? Maybe. Give me some time to work it out, you know? But I said, no, I'm not in a bad mood. Are you? That's literally what I said. Which dog? Sophie. I have, by the way, side note, I live in a zoo, literally. I have now two dogs, two cats, and four children in a relatively modestly sized house. There are animals everywhere. And they take turns throwing up and pooping and peeing in my house. Like, we get the cats under control and the dogs lose it, right? And then we like finally got the dogs going where they're supposed to go and the cats started throwing up. Like every night I would find a cat throw up when I would wake up. I think someone's poisoning our, our animals. Okay, so first, are you open to hear? Second, are you willing then to bend your life to say, I bow, I submit to the word of God, even if I don't understand it, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like, Okay, I don't, I still am wrestling with those who are well-fed will go hungry. I, honestly, right, I think we, I want to excuse it and be like, oh, they're talking about, you know, like, spiritual, I don't, I, I don't know how to excuse it, honestly. Like, I want to, I want to wrestle with the truth. I want the word of God to come like a sword and, and go down into my heart and, and divide out my flesh and my spirit and really say, I want to live like the Bible says to live. So what do I need to do? Am I being generous? God, I want to bend my life to your will. We were, um, I've been wrestling with a lot of verses around the poor and generosity. And we were driving, Mandy and I were talking about how, you know, one of the things that really has always burdened me is, is hunger. Like we're talking about how there's all these um, things you could invest in in the world, right? I mean, what, what Bill and Good Neighbors is doing is incredible. People uh, are, are living, I mean, I, I've worked with you before. I remember we went, um, to the ladies uh, that live in the trailer and the, the mom's handicapped and, and the daughter's worse. And they didn't have a floor in part of their trailer and their roof was leaking. I mean, they literally like the floor had rotted through and so you had to walk around this gigantic hole. And, and it's not just like, hey, they have a small house. It's like, hey, they're, they're not even, like my shed is probably nicer. I have a nicer shed on my property than the, what they're living in that I store stuff in. So that's like one area. Something that really speaks to my heart is hunger. Like how can people be starving? There is enough food in the world to feed everyone, but there are people starving. How can that be? And, and I, I, I get frustrated because like, I know that grocery stores throw away food that most of the world would eat on a regular basis. Like one time I went to Wawa and this guy was emptying out the donuts and, and he, taking big trays of Wawa donuts and dumping them in a trash bag. And they were a day old. And I walked up and I said, can I have those? <laughs> and he said, no. I said, 
So before you pull that tray out right there, because he was halfway through, I could take one off and I could go buy it for $2. Yeah. But once you pull it out, I can't take it for free? No. And you're just going to throw it away? Yeah. Really? Can I take them and give them to the poor? No. We have legal problems with that. You have to call corporate. So I actually called corporate and stayed on hold forever, and I didn't fight through it enough. But it's frustrating to me. So we were talking about this, and then we pull up to a red light. And of course, like, there's a guy standing next to us with a sign that says, like, I'm hungry, basically. <laughs> it's like, great. We got no, I don't carry cash, right? So we start quickly fishing around looking for all we could find was change. I was like, that's more insulting than not giving him anything, right? And then I found a Chipotle gift card. I was like, yes, there's still $10 on this. So I gave him a Chipotle gift card. And then we drove, we had to stop at a Wawa. Yes, you know me. A lot of stories about Wawa. Yep, had to stop at a Wawa to get some chips. We were headed to a 4th of July party and I got out of the car and I walked up and there's a guy just standing there. He looks pretty upset. And I listened to this teaching about, uh, you know, how to like reach people for Jesus. And he said, step one is talk to strangers. Or no, be nice to strangers. Be nice to strangers. Just be nice to strangers. And then like speak hope and speak life. It's a really good teaching by Alan Scott. You should listen to it. But so I was like, hey, how you doing? Just kind of walking by. Hey, how you doing? Not good. Ugh. Now what? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean it. Wait, I couldn't hear you. Or, you know, good, good. Glad that you're not doing good. And I said, what's up? And he's, he said, you know, I don't have any food, any money for food. I'm, he started to tell me just a little bit. And I said, well, I'm going in to buy food. Come on. You know, took him into Wawa. I bought him lunch. I got in the car. I was like, that's so weird. We were just talking about hunger. And in the last 10 minutes, we fed two people. Right. But so I wonder if I'm just blind. Like maybe people are there and I'm just not seeing them unless I open my eyes. Am I really bending to the word of God or am I just stiff-necked going through my life? And when I start to bend to the word of God, I see more things. All right? How prominent, three, how prominent is the word of God in our lives? You know, he harped on the fact that these guys were given the word Guys, we have more Bible than anyone ever in the history of the world. I can get on the Bible anywhere I want to and read any translation you could possibly think of. Right? For free. It's ridiculous how easy we have access to the Bible. So we have more Bible than anyone ever in the history of the world. Do you think we're doing better? Is our culture doing better? Is the church doing better? Are you and I doing better? If we will bend, if we'll make our hearts ready to hear, bend our lives and make the word of God prominent, I believe the power of God's word can change us. But we have to go to the word. So I'm going to shift gears. I want to talk about the word of God and the power of the word of God. All right. So we've got those three points. You got the three points, right? All right. So one way that I like to study the Bible is I like to look up all the verses that have to do with whatever I'm studying. And then cross-reference them and relate them and read about them. So I'm going to overwhelm you with Scripture now. This is not a good teaching tactic normally, right? Normally you, you keep your Scriptures to a minimum so people can remember them and you have three points. I'm going to overload you with Scripture, all right? So the, here's the question. Do you resist doing things that are good for you? And we started with that, right? So what does the Word of God have to offer you? Let's find out. So do you need... Put that first one up. Do you need to be equipped for ministry? Anybody in here need to be more equipped for ministry? 
Anybody? A couple people. Good. All right. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for that. Oh, okay. So if I wanted to be equipped for ministry, I should read the word. Yes. Check. All right. See if the word of God offers us anything else. Does anybody need direction in their lives? Anybody? I do. Need direction? Okay. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Direction. Does anybody need to be saved from this world? Oh, man. Do you read the news? How do we respond? Guys, we were in Syracuse this week at a conference, and uh, one of the days we were at uh, Destiny USA. It's the sixth largest mall in, in the world. And we, I had my kids there plus another 80 kids of other pastors, and we were having fun. And then these police people with—police uh, people, yeah, that's right—with dogs were, showed up, and they evacuated the, the third floor. Bomb threat. And normally I'd have been like, Psh. but I was like, uh, let's get out. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a big mall. I mean, it's, I, I, I have like an app feed on my phone for news and I just get like my favorite news feeds, all the top stories just cycle in and I check it like a hundred times a day. And it seems like every other day there's another horrible catastrophe. It's almost becoming numb. It's like 30 killed here. 60 killed here. You know what I mean? Like it's, the weight of it is like losing some. Like you're, like, like, like happens in war kind of, you know? But here it says that the word of God can save us. I think the word of God is the answer that we're looking for for this world. Don't you think America needs direction right now? All right, next slide. So do you need, are, are you like, is, is the world kind of like sucking you dry, like a sponge that's been squeezed out? Do you need spiritual sustenance? Well, listen, Jesus says man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you need, if you need spiritual sustenance, if you need to be fed, read the Bible. You know? People go to church sometimes, they're like, well, I didn't really get fed. Well, you know what? All right. Want to be more like Jesus? Who here would like to be more like Jesus? Let's just get really simple. Okay, yeah, we all got you all on that one. The Word of God is alive and active, uh, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the art. You read the Word of God, you are going to change. Just start, if we just read the Word of God. If we read the Word of God every day, it's just going to start getting, getting in, getting in, getting in. I was... Uh, I've had this weird anxiety issue lately where um, I've had a hard time sleeping sometimes at night. And I've just got some stress in my life and whatever. So I think it just like comes out when I finally start to shut down. And um, the other night I was trying to fall asleep, couldn't fall asleep. And you know that verse that says, don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make a request known to God with thanksgiving, right? So I just started thanking God. I just lay in there, I was like, well, thank you, God, for this, and thank you, God, for this, thank you, God, for this. And I came up with a lot of things to be thankful for. And it actually calmed me down. You know? The word of God works. Do you need to know that God is ultimately in control? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, guess what? Before politics and before terrorism and before the economy and before the world was even created, in the beginning was the word. Right? So the Word of God predates all of that stuff, and it will post-date all of that stuff, too. 
The Word was with God and the Word was God. Thank you, God, that your Word is not changed by this world. Your Word is not changed by culture. Your Word is not changed by my life, my shortcomings, my fears. Do you need freedom? Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, the Word, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you need freedom? Do you need freedom from Fear? Are you anxious? Are you struggling with sin? Freedom is found in the Word. Do you need hope today? For whatever was written in former days was written for instruction that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, you might find hope. The Word of God gives hope. When you're feeling hopeless, it's fine to text your friends and complain about it. It's better to text your friends and ask for prayer It's great to read the Word of God. We get hopeless and we talk. We get hopeless and we worry. We hardly ever open up the Bible and say, God, I'm feeling hopeless. Give me some hope. Do you think your prayers could use more power? Well, guess what? If you abide in Jesus and His words abide in you, His Scripture, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Hmm. Would you like deliverance from temptation? Well, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Would you like to prosper in your life? I mean, this is ridiculous, isn't it? How many positive things come from reading the word of God? Uh, You know, uh, I will not let your word depart from my mouth. I will meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do all that is written in it. And then you will make my way prosperous. Wow. Have you read that before? It's awesome. Would you like to bear fruit in your life? Well, God says in Isaiah that as the rain and snow come down from heaven, do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. Love it. This is one of my favorites. It shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. It will produce fruit. You will become more like Jesus. If you read the Word of God, if you memorize the Word of God, if you study the Word of God, it will, will, will change you. It will have an effect. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you feel. It will change the way you act. It will. It's powerful. It's life-giving. Would you like to be refreshed? Have more wisdom. Be more joyful. Yes. I'm trying to make this sound like a a commercial. Car salesman. Come here any day. You'll get refreshing wisdom, joy. I was watching one of those uh, car commercials that are like local. And they had like this girl who was clearly in the commercial just to hold the sign. And then this, the, the car salesman. And she had a sign that had the website and a phone number. And she just kept turning it over. And then her one line was to say the phone number. And she looked down and read it. I was like, really? You couldn't have memorized a phone number? You're going to be on TV. All right. Do you want, wait, where are we? Oh, refreshing wisdom and joy. All right. This is so beautiful. Psalm 19. You should go read Psalm 119. If you want to just follow up on this teaching. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psalm 119 is a huge, long discourse of the word of God. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. Making wise the simple. 
I said that wrong. Making the wise simple. That would be the opposite. <laughs> you read God, you'll get dumber. All right. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Okay, you might be getting tired, but there's some really good ones at the end. Ready? Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the sword of the Spirit. Do you want to fight the enemy in your life, in other people's lives? Do you want to have victory over the enemy? Do you want to defeat the power of the enemy? We need to know the Word of God. I mean, it's the truth. Do you want to be sanctified. That comes by the word. Do you want more faith? Faith comes by hearing. All right, so how I memorized it, it should say word and not message. So I don't know what, I must have memorized it in the New King James. Faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. Yeah, and hearing by the word of God. That's it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's different than this, right? All right. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith grows in your heart as you read the word. So I think that, I think that we can become more in love with the word of God. Now, the word of God doesn't replace Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I mean, clearly, like, when I read the word of God, I'm reading it with the Holy Spirit. I think that they, they work together. But we need to be in the, we need to be people of the word of God. We should be in the word, meditating on the word, praying the word, singing the word, memorizing the word. So, but I'm stiff-necked. I am. I resist what's good for me. And so I need to be humbled. So if you put up the last slide, that's what we want. You know what's good to know is that even heaven and earth will pass away but God's words will never pass away. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we've talked about today will be true, is true, has always been true. Let's open our hearts and our ears to hear. Let's bend our wills to his word and let's make his word more prominent in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and pray together. If you want to read those verses, so we blew through like 20-some verses. Um, they're printed out on the back table. You can take them home and study them. Jesus, we love your word. We're grateful that you gave us your word. God, I pray you would increase not only our passion for your word, but our submission to your word. That's really what we're talking about today, God. James says, let us not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. God, we don't want to just know it. We want to live it. We want it to penetrate into our actions and our motives and our thought life, our hearts, our passions and desires. God, let the word of God come alive in us, God. I pray that you would break us of the, the human tendency to resist the things that are good and right for us. I pray you would renew our passion and discipline for being in the word. God, could we be in the word daily? That's not legalism. It's not religiosity. It's because we know that we're hungry. And so we need to eat. We need to eat your word, God. We need to read and digest and make it part of our lives, God. So would you come, Lord Jesus? God, I pray for the barriers that are in our hearts that resist this, that you would tear them down in Jesus' name. I pray for fear or discouragement to be broken, God. 
We just invite your Holy Spirit just to minister in this room now, God. We've read your word a lot together here. We just invite your word to come and penetrate our hearts even now. And as you're standing here, if you feel like one of those things we talked about, if you need faith or you need hope, you need deliverance, if you need strength, if you need direction, I think we should pray for each other. So amen. If you want to come forward for any of those things, just come on up. Let's pray for each other. We've got, we've got time. If you're sick, come on up. We'll pray for you. If you want a prophetic word, come on up. We'll pray for you. Otherwise, you can go.